Hello, this is the World Economic News by Coldwater Economics for Friday the 10th of July. Uh, the day produced mainly positive results, as has been the case throughout most of this week, uh, with six surprises and only a couple of shocks. The surprises included slightly better than expected May manufacturing results for India, for France and for Italy, although all are still down between 25 and 35% year on year. For the shocks, the one worth noticing was the unexpected 1.2% year-on-year fall in Taiwanese average monthly earnings. Now, Taiwan's economy has suffered less than most in Northeast Asia from the coronavirus problems, both in production and in labor markets. But whilst regular earnings went up 0.7% year-on-year, there was no escape from the 8.7% year-on-year fall in overtime earnings and the 11.3% fall in bonus payments. But the series I'm highlighting today has to do with trade pricing from Japan. Japan reported export prices up 0.8% month-on-month and still down 4.1% year-on-year. And incidentally, that 0.8% monthly rise was 1.1 standard deviations above trend. Meanwhile, import prices rose only 0.5% month-on-month and fell 15.6% year-on-year. No prizes for knowing that what you're seeing here is the impact of falling oil prices, a fall which is now being reversed. Still, transitory or not, the result is that Japan's terms of trade rose 0.3% month-on-month, rose 10.9% year-on-year, and most dramatically, rose 9.5% quarter-on-quarter. Now, that 9.5% quarter-in-quarter improvement in terms of trade is almost unprecedented in recent Japanese trading history. The nearest uh, we can get is uh, in the first quarter of 2015, when terms of trade rose 8.5% quarter-on-quarter. A substantial improvement in the terms of trade has several impacts, which are not necessarily immediately apparent. Indeed, they can be counterintuitive. First, however, let's acknowledge the obvious positive impact. Improved terms of trade represent a lowering of pressure on margins, not just for Japan's international traders, but more widely for manufacturers and distributors. That positive cash flow will, in turn, have a positive impact on profits, providing some relief to return on equity from the pain that's being felt currently from falling capacity utilization and crushed asset turns. But... Given that Japan now runs a structural trade deficit, it also has an impact on national accounts, which is not immediately obvious. By the time the deflators have got to work, the sharp movements in terms of trade will make a difference between the account given by nominal and by real GDP tallies for the second quarter. There was a mild hint of this in the first quarter, when in nominal terms exports fell 8.2%, imports fell 7.9% with a trade surplus that fell 24.2%, whilst in constant terms, exports fell 6%, imports fell 4.8%, and there was a trade deficit which rose 64.2%. That's right, a trade surplus turned into a trade deficit. In other words, because import prices fell more than export prices, with both falling in year-on-year terms, the deflators mean that the relative form in imports in real terms is less than it appears. And in this case, that's enough to moderate the impact of net exports on real GDP growth. In constant terms, 
net exports stripped 17 percentage points, 17 um, basis points off first quarter GDP growth, whilst in nominal terms they stripped 20 basis points off growth. Now, that was only a minor statistical blip in the first quarter, but it will be much bigger in the second quarter. In the first quarter, terms of trade were up only 0.5% year-on-year. In the second quarter, 10.9%. It will be become material, and you should expect that GDP will look rather better in real deflated terms than in nominal terms because of this. If you go back to the first quarter of 2015, when Japan's terms of trade were rising at something like this pace, in that quarter, the net trade deficit fell 71.4% quarter-on-quarter in nominal terms, but fell only 3.3% quarter-on-quarter in constant deflated terms. If you find that counterintuitive or even confusing, you're not alone. It is confusing, and I'm not going to offer a definite solution or steer today. The flash estimate of second quarter GDP won't be with us until mid-August, but are obviously going to demand a pretty close read to iron out this factor. The one thing I can guarantee, however, is that it will be material to the final result. Right, that's it for today. Thank you for listening, and if you got something out of it, please help spread the word about the bulletin in any way you feel like. If you'd like to know more about cold water economics, please feel free to contact me, Michael Taylor, on mjtcoldwater at fastmail.com. Have a very good weekend.